Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the message. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing and how you can get involved, check out our website, message.org.uk. Turn with me, if you will, to uh, John chapter 9. We're going to do a little whistle-stop tour through this uh, incredible story of healing, restoring sight to the blinds, bringing light into the darkness. It's cool that we just sang two songs that both included a line about light in the darkness, because that's really what this passage is all about, bringing light into the darkness. And there's only one who can ultimately do that. But he also has now left a church empowered by his Holy Spirit to do it on his behalf, which again is exactly what we're looking to do through all of our lives and our activity, but very focused this week as we go into We've Ensure to do these specific acts of goodness. Um, Acts of kindness are a good thing. You know, the Bible says that the kindness of God is intended to lead us to repentance. God's kindness is is powerful and beautiful. But uh, sometimes when we talk about acts of kindness uh, as a kind of missional thing, I think it's too easy to fall into the trap, isn't it, of just doing nice things for people. Acts of goodness are different because uh, actually most people can do something kind, but only those who know God can actually do something good because only God can do good things. We're incapable of doing good things without God at the heart of who we are. And here we see the ultimate good one, Jesus himself sent into the world to reveal the kindness of God, but by bringing goodness, righteousness in all of its fullness to bear on a society and a community and a world at large that's rejected goodness in favor of pretty much anything else that it can get its hands on that will satisfy. Unfortunately, none of those things do satisfy, which is why we find ourselves in the mess that we are in, but to what extent does our sinfulness create the problems that we are finding ourselves in day by day? That's the question that begins this little passage here. As Jesus is going along with his disciples, just off the back of being at the Feast of Tabernacles, so he's in and around Jerusalem, he sees a man blind from birth. Now, we don't know how they know he's blind from birth, whether they've had a a conversation with this man or whether he's just notorious and they've heard from other people that this guy's blind from birth. We don't know how they know, but it's obvious that this guy is blind from birth and his disciples, Jesus' disciples, ask him, Rabbi, teacher, who has sent this man or his parents that he was born blind? Now, when I was 10 years old, Uh, A significant event in my life took place when I went to the opticians and I sat in front of the uh, the, the nice little eye chart there with all the letters on and the different things that you have to look at. And uh, they looked ever so slightly blurry, just ever so slightly blurry. And I began to work my way down the list and I realized that I couldn't get quite as low on the list as I had done a couple years earlier when I was uh, uh, there the, the previous time. And sure enough, at the end of that appointment, what does the optician say to me? They say, Ben, you're going to need to have some glasses. And that was the beginning of the process of me for the rest of my life wearing glasses. Now, I was devastated as a 10-year-old kid to be told that I needed to wear glasses because this precedes the hipster movement by about 20 years, right? So glasses were not cool uh, in, uh, in like 1992. Uh, they, were, they were a little ways off becoming back around to the circle of cool again. And so when I was told that I was going to wear glasses, this was the end of my life. Because clearly this was the end of me ever getting a girlfriend. This was the end of me ever being cool. This was the beginning of me being called four eyes for the rest of my life. I I was like, no, why are you heaping this tragedy and this burden upon my life? Of course, about 48 hours later, after I'd got the glasses, I realized the world hadn't come to an end. It was going to be absolutely fine. And, And about 15 years later, when the hipster movement kicked in, I realized I was just way ahead of the curve. Happy days. 
good times, right? In fact, I remember one of my very close friends said to me about 10 years after I started wearing glasses, he looked at me one day and he said, uh, said, you're so lucky. I said, why? He said, you're so lucky that your eyesight is bad. (laughs) What are you talking about? He said, I wish I could wear glasses. They're so cool. It's all a matter of perspective, uh, I guess, but what I saw as being a, a tragedy didn't tend to work out that way. But in this situation, someone having bad vision is tragic. In the ancient world, there was no way of going to the optician to get your eyes fixed. You couldn't get corrective lenses. If you had cataracts, you couldn't go and have surgery to have them moved. A fairly straightforward surgery that can be done in this day and age. In fact, there are so many issues that can go wrong with our eyes that can cause a limitation or outright blindness that we can fix very easily today. In fact, isn't it beautiful that we have mercy ships that travel around the world taking the good news, but the way they take the good news is by having doctors on board who can fix things that are very easily fixable, whether it's dental problems which cause people a lot of problems in developing nations or specifically eyesight issues. A lot of opticians that travel around, I know someone that travels around as an optician to help people who would otherwise effectively be blind, yet it's so easily fixable today. They just don't have access to it. Well, here, the problem is not easily fixable because it's outright blindness. There is no way of fixing this problem. And in fact, it's a plague that runs rife across the ancient world. Blindness, it was very common. Water was often contaminated and you could get contaminated water in your eyes and a number of illnesses could cause you to go blind. And if you went blind, you were immediately burdened and a burden to society. If you were blind, you couldn't work, you couldn't sustain family life or or normal life in any way. So blindness was a big problem practically, but it was also potentially a big problem from a spiritual and stigma point of view. Because if someone saw you with some kind of ailment or disease or blindness, their assumption would be that you were the way that you were because of sin. And here begins a dialogue with Jesus and his disciples that is asking about that very issue. Well, here's a blind guy. And he's been blind since birth. Now, there must be a reason why he's blind, and that reason must be to do with some sin in his life. That's not in question. The only question is, was it his sin or was it his parents' sin? You know, in the ancient world, various people believed that a child could sin in the womb, including the Jews. They believed that there were different ways that a child could sin in the womb or even be implicated in sin by their parents uh, engaging in sinful activity, perhaps offering pagan worship in a pagan environment or temple, and there, by implication, you becoming sinful. And that sin would directly lead to the ailment that you found yourself in. The challenge we have here is that it's so easy, isn't it, to dehumanize people by making them the subjects of speculation rather than service. And as we look into Withenshaw or any other area of life that we would go and serve and bring the light of Christ, how easy is it for us to look at people and go, wow, there's probably a reason why you're in the situation you're in. In fact, you might not actually be worthy of my intervention. You're probably there because you've done something stupid. It's probably your own fault if you got addicted to those substances that you're addicted to. It's probably your own fault if you're living in poverty because you haven't stewarded your own finances correctly. Or even if it's not entirely your fault, okay, well, you're just trapped in a bit of a cycle of violence or a cycle of poverty or a cycle of addiction that comes from your parents, but you probably could lift yourself out of that if you really tried. It's all too easy for the world to start looking around, seeing the problems that there are, and creating speculation rather than an opportunity for service. 
Our immediate reaction should not be, I wonder how you got into this situation, although that conversation might be useful for us to lift somebody out. Of course, that information could be useful. But oftentimes we're not using that information to help lift people out. We're using that information to become superior. Oh, are you actually worthy of my help? If I got two people in front of me and they're both in a similar situation, I wonder why, why you got there. Maybe one of you is more deserving of my help because it was out of your control whether you, you actually put yourself in that situation. I'm going to create a value judgment. Well, Jesus doesn't operate that way. Jesus refuses to dehumanize people. He refuses to look at people with a speculative sense of why something has happened. He simply recognizes that this is an opportunity for God's glory to be revealed through service submission and salvation. Wow. Whose fault is it? Well, in truth, it it is our fault because broadly speaking, we have all sinned. The world is the way that it is because of the totality of human rebellion and rejection against God. But a specific sin leading to a specific curse or problem over a person's life, Jesus doesn't want to go that far in this situation. He says, neither this man nor his parents sinned. Hold on a second, Jesus. This man has not sinned. His parents have not sinned. Notice he says, has never sinned. He doesn't say that. He says they did not sin in relation to this issue. Of course, Jesus knows better than us that all have sinned, all have fallen short. That's why he goes to the cross. He's not making the point that, no, there's no sin here. He's simply saying, hold on a second, Don't be so quick to attribute a specific sin to this specific problem. In fact, simply recognize that this is an opportunity to serve. This is an opportunity for the glory of God to be revealed in this situation. This happened that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, our English Bibles are slightly unhelpful in how they actually communicate what's being written here. There's a couple of different ways that this can be phrased, and it's interesting that most of our English translations translate it this way, but they don't have to translate it this way. It could actually be instead be translated not as, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed. It can absolutely, 100%, no problem at all be translated as, so that the works of God might be displayed, we must do the works of him who sent me. The but this happened bit doesn't need to be attached to the start of that sentence. Now, it can. We've got to be careful of not saying it definitely isn't that. But it's interesting that if you take that bit away and say, instead of, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed, and instead say, so that the works of God may be displayed, we must do the works of he who sent me. What's the difference there? One is really kind of implicating God in quite a trivial way of basically saying God has caused this suffering upon this man so that he can, his glory can be revealed. Now, is it possible for God to do that? Yes, God is sovereign. God can do what he wants. And we see through scripture that sometimes God does things that confuse us and confound us and even disturb us because we're like, really? Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support our work or even get involved with one of our teams. We also have another podcast called The Flow Podcast, where we share stories and testimonies of the amazing things that God's doing in people's lives. Search for The Flow Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.